0: Good morning once again, lovely to be with you and as always it's my privilege to share with you the Word of God. Once again we're coming from my office and God willing next week we'll be able to be back into the pulpit but we'll see uh, what happens uh, tonight as I believe the President speaks again. Anyway, last week we had a look at the story of of Jericho and this week we're going to be having a look at another amazing miracle The time when the sun and the moon stood still. Before we read the account, a bit of background to our story. After the destruction of Jericho and Ai, the Hivite people of Gibeon sent some dressed-up actors to trick Joshua and the Israelites into making a treaty with them. They knew what Joshua and the Israelites were doing and they were terrified. Now the Israelites had been commanded to destroy all inhabitants of Canaan, But the Gibeonites arrived, these ambassadors that they had sent, dressed up as stragglers from a distant land, presenting themselves as people not Canaanites, but from a far way away. They had old worn-out clothes and worn-out shoes. They even had stale bread with them. Now without consulting God, Joshua believed them and entered into a covenant, covenant with these Gibeonites. It didn't take long, however, for Joshua to realize that he'd been deceived and that the Gibeonites were actually their neighbors living within three walking days of them. But even though this was true, Joshua still kept his word. And that was one of the lessons that we shared last week. Let let your yes be yes and your no be no. It seems that this was a real strong character trait of General Joshua to keep his word. Anyway, let's pick up the story now in Joshua chapter 10. We're going to read 15 verses. It's a long reading, so just stick with me or follow with me in your Bibles. Joshua 10 from verse 1. Now Adonai, Zedek, king of Jerusalem, heard that Joshua had taken Ai and totally destroyed it, doing to Ai and its kings as he had done to Jericho and its king and that the people of Gibeon had made a treaty of peace with Israel and were living near them. He and his people were very much alarmed at this, because Gibeon was an important city, like one of the royal cities. It was larger than Ai, and all its men were good fighters. So Adonai, Zedek, king of Jerusalem, appealed to Hoham, king of Hebron, Piram, king of Jarmuth, Japhia, king of Lachish, and Debi, king of Eglon. Come up and help me attack Gibeon, he said, because it has made peace with Joshua and the Israelites. Then the five kings of the Amorites, the kings of Jerusalem, Hebron, Jarmuth, Lachish, and Eglon joined forces. They moved up with all their troops and took up positions against Gibeon and attacked it. The Gibeonites then sent word to Joshua in the camp at Gilgal, Do not abandon your servants. Come up to us quickly and save us. Help us, because all the Amorite kings from the hill country have joined forces against us. So Joshua marched marched up from Gilgal with his entire army, including all the best fighting men. The Lord said to Joshua, Do not be afraid of them. I have given them into your hand. Not one of them will be able to withstand you. After an all-night march from Gilgal, Joshua took them by surprise. The Lord threw them into confusion before Israel, who defeated them in a great victory at Gibeon. Israel pursued them along the road going up to Beth-horon and cut them down all the way to Azekai and Makediah. As they fled before Israel on the Lord down from Beth-horon to Azekai, the Lord hurled large hailstones down on them from the sky and more of them died from the hailstones than were killed by the swords of the Israelites. On the day the Lord gave the Amorites over to Israel, Joshua said to the Lord in the presence of Israel, O sun, stand still over Gibeon, O moon, over the valley of Ajalon. So the sun stood still and the moon stopped till the nation avenged itself on its enemies as is written in the book of Jashar. Now the book of Jashar was a lost non-canonical book uh, that is also mentioned in the book of Samuel just as a side. Let's carry on. The sun stopped in the middle of the sky and delayed going down by about a full day. There has never been a day like it before or since, a day when the Lord listened to a man, surely the Lord was fighting for Israel. Then Joshua returned with all Israel to the camp at Gilgal. What an amazing story. What an amazing miracle. Now this passage is often used by critics of the Bible to say that it must be false because everyone knows the sun stands still and the earth is doing the moving. So Joshua needed to get the earth stopped, not the sun. Man, come on, clearly this is just a way of speaking. You will still read anywhere today that the sun rises at a certain time and sets at a certain time. Besides, the actual fact is, the Sun is not really stationary anyway. It's rotating on its own axis, and it is actually in orbit around every body that is also in orbit around it, such as all the planets. So, let's just stick to the text and the miracle therein, and not get caught up with all of these semantics. Interestingly there have been stories circulating about reports of a missing day in ancient Egyptian, Chinese, Mayan and Hindu sources. Other civilizations also bear witness to this most wonderful event. There are many many stories of people trying to disprove this account but as they become faced with the truth uh, through their studies they come to the recognition that God is God. For example, there's the story of a Yale University astronomer who found that the Earth was 24 hours exactly out of schedule. A colleague of his, a professor Totten, suggested the astronomer read the Bible starting at the beginning and going as far as necessary to see if perhaps the Bible could account for this missing time in astronomy. When he came to the account of the long day of Joshua, the astronomer rechecked the figures and found that at the time of Joshua, there were only 23 hours and 20 minutes lost. So he concluded that the Bible was not the word of God because there was a mistake by 40 minutes. Professor Totten showed him that the Bible account does not say 24 hours, but rather about a full day. He then encouraged this astronomer to go on reading, and on further reading, the astronomy found that, astronomer found that God, through the prophet Isaiah, and in answer to Hezekiah's prayer, promised to add 15 years to his life. And to confirm this promise, the shadow of the sundial was turned back by 10 degrees. Now, 10 degrees on the sundial is 40 minutes on the face of a clock. And When he found his day of missing, that day that missing accounted for in the Bible, the astronomer, it's reported, bowed his head in worship of its author saying, Lord, I believe. (laughs) Whenever you try and challenge the miracles in the scripture, my friend, you're going to come face to face with the author of the scripture. Anyway, back to our story. Joshua's army had marched all night long from Gilgal to Gibeon. It was a distance of about 32 kilometers to do battle with their enemies. Joshua needed the battle time prolonged because he had the enemy on the run and he didn't want them to get back to their fortified cities. More time was needed for his troops to catch them. To prevent their return, more daylight was needed. Hence he asked God to lengthen the day. This incident described in this passage is extraordinary. But you know what? It teaches us some very practical, ordinary, powerful lessons. And here are three lessons for us to learn this morning. Lesson number one. God cares for his people. God cares for his people. Making the sun stand still was not the only miracle that God performed for Joshua and his army on that occasion. We learnt that he performed other miracles leading up to that one. In order to honour his commitment to the Gibeonites, the army had to march all night and geography tells us this would have been an uphill march as well. Joshua and his troops must have been exhausted when they finally arrived at the point where the battle was to be waged. But apparently they didn't even take a breather. While day was just beginning to dawn, they swiftly launched the attack. The enemy was taken by surprise and frantically began to flee. And while on the run, verse 11 tells us, The Lord hurled large hailstones down on them from the sky, and more of them died from the hailstones than were killed by the swords of the Israelites. What a miracle! Not only was it a miracle that the gigantic hailstones fell on the enemy, but but it was perhaps a bigger miracle that the hailstones did not fall on the Israelites. Thus Joshua and his soldiers were dramatically reminded of God's great concern for them. They were prevailing over the enemies because of the mighty intervention of God. On their behalf. But they were running out of daylight, and Joshua was convinced he needed to finish the job while the momentum was so greatly in his favour. Thus it was that he asked God to cause the sun to stand still. God again demonstrated his concern for Joshua and his men by granting that request. Friends, God continues in our generation and in every generation to shower upon His people His concern. For example, 1 Peter 5, 7 says, Cast all your anxiety on Him because He cares for you. Maybe today you're concerned, you're anxious over this COVID thing. It's been with us for quite a while now, seems to be with us for quite a while still. God wants you to know this morning that He is concerned for you. Cast all your anxiety on Him because He cares for you. Whatever difficulties you might now be facing, take courage from the fact that there is an almighty, loving God who is concerned for you and He stands ready to intervene. God cares for His people. Lesson number one. Lesson number two this morning. God is in control over all creation. It might not seem like it, but I want to tell you today, God is in control over creation. Verse 13 clearly records the sun standing still as an actual historical event. The earth, for several hours, ceased to rotate on its axis and to revolve around the sun. And of course, the moon was affected accordingly. Indeed, it may be that the entire solar system stopped its movements for those several hours. You see, God, if so desires, could put everything on hold and see to it that no problem resulted as a result of everything being on hold. I mean, God who could speak a universe into existence can do anything He pleases with that universe and its various components. In other words, if you accept the fact of God, then everything is possible for this all-wise, all-powerful, all-knowing God. The problem is, if you rule out miracles, then you have to rule out things such as the virgin birth of Christ such as his bodily resurrection and a whole host of other major biblical events. Either God can do anything or he's not truly God. So this passage reminds me and reminds us this morning that God is in control of his universe. There is, of course, much that we don't understand such as natural catastrophes, such as terrible diseases, such as COVID-19, that we find ourselves in right at this very moment. In the Bible, God sometimes reveals His purpose for certain instances of natural disaster and disease, but in a vast majority of cases, we'll never understand why in this life. But the Bible reminds us again and again that this World is not an impersonal world. God did not create the universe, wind it up like a clock, and then simply disassociate himself with it. The reassuring truth is that God is actively involved in the affairs of this world and in the individual lives of his people. See, in spite of our finiteness, in spite of our frequent lack of understanding, we can still be comforted by the fact that God is in charge of this world. God is in charge of His creation. His steady loving hand is on that rudder at all times. (laughs) On a personal note, this is one of the reasons I don't go with this whole global warming thing. Uh, Like we're in trouble and we're in charge of making a difference. Psalm 24 verse 1 and 2 says, The earth is the Lord's (laughs) and everything in it, the world and all who live in it. For he founded it upon the seas. He established it upon the waters. God is in control over his country of his creation, friends. Our lesson is to believe that. And this morning to be encouraged by the fact that God is still in control over all creation. Lesson number three, our last lesson this morning, is that God continues to answer prayer. God continues to answer prayer. This unusual miracle of the sun standing still, extending the daylight so that the Israelites might finalize their victory, did not just happen It took place in response to the earnest, perhaps even desperate, prayer of a committed man of God named Joshua. Verse 14 again, There has never been a day like it before or since, a day when the Lord listened to a man. Surely the Lord was fighting for Israel. Never before or since has a man's prayer been answered in that specific way. But in that particular circumstance, it was God's will to perform a dramatic, once-for-all-time miracle, and he consented to do so in response to Joshua's bold request. What a lesson for you and me. Our God is still all-powerful. Our God still answers prayer and consents to perform miracles to meet us at our point of need. Just consider, for example, the miracle of salvation. The Bible tells us, For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. And the wages of our sin is death. Everyone born, ever lived, everyone ever been alive on this planet who ever will live uh, is born into this condition of, of facing eternal death and separation from God. The price of our sin is death. But then, all over the world, having happened, happening today, and will happen, are supernatural miracles of salvation from the time of Christ until now. Miracles that defy nature. Miracles that that declare where nature wants to take us down into the grave, Supernatural miracles resulting in defying spiritual death and instead bringing to us eternal life in Him. See, the Bible says everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. To those who received Him, to those who believed in His name, He gives the right to be called children of God. Those who confess with their mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in their hearts that God raised Him from the dead, they will be saved. Bible says if anyone is in Christ, He's a new creation, literally a new species. What a miracle! Translated from darkness into light. Wow, wow, wow. Never underestimate the supernatural miracle of salvation by faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. Friend, if you've never been saved, I urge you this morning, call on the Lord in repentance. Turn from your wicked ways. Turn from your sin. And by faith, allow Him to do that work of miracle in your life. He still answers. Prayer. Now being saved is a wonderful thing. We are assured of a home in heaven. We have newness of life in the here and now. We have the indwelling Holy Spirit to motivate us and energize us. But you know what? As believers we still have battles to fight and adversities to deal with. And sometimes those pressures are so great and the obstacles so overwhelming that we need a miracle. The good news is, God still consents to perform miracles for His children. But to experience those miracles, we have to call on Him. We have to do so according to His conditions. Psalm 68 verse 18 to 20 says, If I had cherished sin in my heart, the Lord would not have listened. But God has surely listened and heard my voice in prayer. Praise be to God who has not rejected my prayer or withheld his love from me. James 5:16 says, "Confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous man is powerful and effective." Friends, sins going to prevent Our prayers from being answered like God wants them to answer. Sin does still place a barrier between us and God when we continue to live in known and willful sin. Jeremiah 33 assures us, Call to me and I will answer you and tell you great and unsearchable things you do not know. God still consents to performing miracles in our lives. He still answers prayer. The sun stood still for Joshua. Just think of what he could do for you. Don't give up. Don't stop asking God for miracles in prayer. So what lessons have we learned this morning as I conclude? Number one, God still cares for his people. As God cared for Joshua, as he cared for the Israelites in that most difficult situation they found themselves in. God still cares for his people today. Won't you take all your cares, cast them upon him, knowing that he still cares for you today. Lesson number two we learned this morning is that God has control over his creation. This was not just a fairy tale. This was not just an old story in an old book. This was a real currents that happened in historical uh, timeline and if God has still had control of his creation then he still has control of his creation now what can he do for you what does he need to do for you don't be afraid God is still in control. Yes, he's still in control over this COVID-19 pandemic. Yes, he's still in control over your lost employment opportunity. Yes, he's still in control of your family situation. Whatever it is, God is still in control of his creation. Take heart this morning. And thirdly, we learned or we're reminded of the fact that God continues to answer prayer. Won't you call to him, whatever it is right now, call to him and know that he can answer you and show you great and mighty things that you do not know about. Be encouraged this morning, dear friend, in Jesus' name. Let us pray. Father, we don't know much about most things, but we do know this thing, that you care for us, that you are still in control of your creation and that, Lord, you still answer prayer. Thank you that we can take heart from this message this morning. We rejoice in you and we rejoice in your word with thanksgiving in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen and amen. Thank you for joining with us and, God willing, we'll be able to do so live again uh, in the gathering of the saints next week. Bye-bye.